0: Area 941 podcasts are produced and distributed by Community Powered 94.1 KPFA Radio. Please help support Area 941
1: at kpfa.org. So, welcome to another episode of Arabiyats. I have with me today a visitor from the homeland, if you will. I am happy to give a warm welcome to Amina Ashkar, the daughter of survivors of al-Nakba of 1948. She's on a tour, a speaking tour, called the North American Nakba Tour. She's been doing it for the last two months, and I've been lucky enough to to get her into the studio for an episode of Arabiyyat. Amina is one of the six million Palestinians who continue to live in temporary refugee status, waiting for their turn to go home. She was born in the refugee camp Burj al-Barajne in Lebanon. Lebanon is the neighboring country hit hardest by the Syrian refugee crisis. This is the crisis that most recently people have been hearing about. But before the refugees in Syria and before them the Iraqis were the Palestinians. Six million total worldwide is the number from the United Nations statistics. So Amina is here to tell us her story. Welcome, Amina. Thank you for having me. So um tell us your story of how your family got to the refugee camps in Lebanon.
0: Well, you know, after the nine, uh, during the 1948 during the Nakba, they were exiled and they had no place uh to go except uh Lebanon because it was the closest to the borders from their side where they were uh, they used to be. And so they ended up in Lebanon and then after the number of their refugees started to increase because the the Palestinians uh, at the beginning just um, stayed in one of the cities in the south of Lebanon. They stayed there because they weren't planning to go back. That's what they had in mind. So when time took them too much time, so the United Nations came and they started to uh,
1: put the people in camps uh, all around Lebanon. Can you talk about the circumstances of they're leaving Palestine. Where in Palestine originally are they from? Well, uh, you know,
0: people from all around Palestine were exiled. You know, what we know now as Israel, what they, people know now as Israel, we we, we know that that place has occupied territories, like, uh, you know, from Haifa, from Yaffa, Akka, these all cities that people here know or think that uh, they are Israeli uh, cities, these are originally places or cities that Palestinians were exiled from and were were forced to leave. So Palestinians uh, had to leave or were forced to leave all these cities of Akka, Haifa, uh, Yafa, you know, and all the Tabariya, uh, all all these uh, cities and and their uh, villages and the villages that were close to them.
1: And your family was from inside what is today Hefa. La- with Haifa. Mm-hmm. Okay, have they ever been back?
0: No, because we Palestinian refugees are not allowed to go back to Palestine.
1: Pa- so this is Israeli law.
0: Yeah, they're not allowed to go
1: back. So you're saying that everybody that you've been raised with in the camps have never been to fal- Palestine? Yeah, exactly. And the Palestinian refugees are not allowed to Palestine. And prevented by the Israelis. Exactly right. So tell me about your life in a refugee camp. How is it different than? Well,
0: it's a refugee camp, so it's it's quite different. It's there's nothing that I can actually ex- explain about. But you know, it's a refugee camp. It's a crowded place. Fifty thousand people living on one third of a mile square, and uh, so it's pretty crowded um, no services, no nothing. So that's how that y- it's something really hard to explain by words. You need to see it in order to, uh, actually know what is happening there. But in addition to that, to, to the status of living in th- inside the camps, you know, the Lebanese government imposes many legal, uh, barriers or, or in order to like, for example, they don't give the Palestinians their uh, civil rights. Palestinians are prevented from their civil rights in Lebanon. They are not allowed to work. They're not allowed to go to public schools, public hospitals, and
1: so on. Yeah. So on a daily basis, mm-hmm. can it give us... I, I want. People who'd never, and even if Arab, a lot of Arabs listen to this podcast, but they've been living in the West their whole lives, so they don't even know, have an idea. And the name, the word refugee, it comes up a lot now, more than ever, because there are increasingly more and more refugees in this world due to various factors, right? I, can you paint a picture of like what the day-to-day is for of course not every refugee's day-to-day is exactly the same but what is it like in these camps just to give people a more tangible understanding of it Well
0: they're like they're narrow uh we don't have streets inside the camps it's like narrow uh roads really narrow roads that only fit for one person or two persons like walking next to each other mm-hmm. uh we don't have like spaces for the kids to play they actually play on the cemetery yeah oh, wow. they play football there School? The, no schools it? inside the camps. I already said it's pre- pretty much crowded. We don't have uh, spaces for school. The schools are outside the camps. Uh, so um, that we we have like not all the the houses can see the sun or the sky because you know they're so th- uh, the, it's a crowded. So the ca- houses cover each other so many people cannot see the Sun and light actually and um, and many people like uh, yeah that that's mainly the thing yeah
1: and so you've come here to travel around you said maybe 30 cities you, you haven't counted them yet but 30 states 30 states yeah um, what what is your message that you're trying to bring to americans
0: we're trying to tell the americans as well as the arab here that first the americans that they have to know uh, that uh... the palestinians are still living there in these conditions just because their government is not allowing the palestinians or is not putting enough pressure on the israelis to let them go back to their uh... to their lands and their to their homes Although there is a legal right for them, you know that which is the right to return. The one nine four resolution, uh, which states that anybody who left his homeland can go whenever he wants as a refugee, can go whenever he wants. So. This is why we're talking to the Americans. We're talking to the Arab as well, to the Palestinians uh, specifically. Because, you know, uh, during uh, this this tour, I found out that Palestinians just don't know what is Nakba. So many Palestinians don't know about the Nakba. They did not teach their kids about the Nakba. They've never uh, exposed their children to Palestine or to anything that has to do with the Nakba, and actually that made made us so upset because you know that's they're just fulfilling the 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 Israeli prophecy which said that the the old people will will die and the young will just forget and they're starting to forget and that's really ugly. I mean, how they should. Teach their kid their kids about about the nightmare. You know the same sense how the Jews teach their kids about the Holocaust. And every actually every every ethnicity like teaches uh, a group of people teaches or teaches their children about what happened to them about anything that happened to them. You know like. The, let's say the Armenians—they teach their their kids about the Armenian genocide. The Jews—they teach their kids about the Holocaust. Everybody teaches it. Why the Palestinians? You know, the Palestinians, their cause is still alive, and they they are killing the cause
1: themselves. So, were you surprised to come across these stories?
0: W- well, yeah, I was pretty much. I I would I honestly did I ex- expected like Americans do not know i expected uh americans who might not support us i expected everything but i never expected to ask a kid about uh a nakba, or actually like yeah to, uh, to ask a kid about or to mention the word nakba in front of him and to like look at me and he and say what is a nakba? yeah so yeah i never expected that wow Mm -hmm.
1: What kind of uh, places have you been traveling to? Universities, community organizations? Uh,
0: Actually, all kind of. We've been to universities, mosques, churches, uh, community centers, to all kind of places.
1: So why don't you tell us a little bit, I mean, I guess since, I'm surprised too, actually. We have a big Arab community in the Bay Area. I don't know if maybe the word Nakba itself is like not known, but the actual expulsion of hundreds of thousands of Palestinians from their homelands, I feel confident that Arabs and Palestinians especially are aware of it, but maybe there are many that do not. Do you want to kind of give a little brief history of what exactly it is that you want us to remember here?
0: Well, actually, I want you as Palestinians here to remember everything. It's it's really something um, offensive for you not to remember, not to know, because you, you don't need someone to educate you. You don't need someone to teach you. You need to teach yourselves by yourselves because that's your cause. That's this that. That's something that is part of you that nobody should come and teach you about. You should teach people about it, not wait people to come and teach you about it. You have here, you people here have, you know, people here are comfortable, okay? And they're comfortable com- comfortable more than the people in the camps, more than the people in Palestine and occupied territories. They should dedicate their time you know they should feel blessed that they are living in these conditions and do more for the palestinian cause help help more we don't we don't need them like to help i don't mean helping like uh, any kind of aids or money or anything like that no help us by knowing more by educating yourself by by reading more, by spreading the word more, you know, just, just going on demonstrations or, or anything like that like, uh, is, not, is not how you help. You, you have to know what you are actually doing. You have to, as I said, educate yourself. You have to educate your kids. Uh, you have to raise them on how to love Palestine and how to, 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 to work for Palestine. It's not only because we're refugees we we do this. It's not like because we are we live in a refugee camp that's why we we're raised to love Palestine. Okay? It's I mean, I do uh understand that's that it it is maybe a little bit uh difficult for Palestinians here to to keep on their uh their heritage, but but, you know, like when you're in a big community, like Palestinian communities, you're all Palestinians. I've been to places that they used to call like little, little Ramallah and little Nablus. Okay, so you guys still talk about Palestine, but you never tell your kids what, why you are actually here. So that does not make sense, though. So what I want them to know... It's history. They have to know history. They have to know the map of Palestine. They have to know where is Ramallah, where is Nablus, where is Hefa. So they have to know the actual area of Palestine. They, that's what they have to They have to know everything about Palestine.
1: Unfortunately, I think over time, there's been, and I've been tracking, you know, I am Palestinian, my parents very much educated me on the history and, and instilled in me the, actually, my mother is Jordanian, but my father, you know, he basically is a refugee himself and ended up never coming back, going back to Palestine. And over time in America, the, the rhetoric changes, right? This is the belly of the beast. There's uh, sometimes there's these spurts of media coverage and it's usually when there's some sort of a terrorist attack or something of course um, but lately there's really been nothing there's there's very little talk of any kind of thing bad or good bad coverage of Palestine but when there is talk sometimes peace talks come up you mm-hmm. know and and they are, Presented as if they're legitimate talks that are trying to lead to a Palestinian peace. But never is part of those talks, and we know this, the right of return of the refugees to their original homelands, a uh, part of the conversation. Can you talk a little bit about the sentiment of those living in camps uh, about that? And well,
0: yeah. Okay, well, first point is that you have to know that when the international community Recognized Israel when they okayed like Israel. One of the terms and conditions that was that was there is that Israel allows the Palestinians to go back to Palestine, and that's why we had the one nine four resolution. It actually existed because of the Palestinian right to return, because they had the right to return. That was one, as I said, one of the terms and conditions of Israel to exist is to allow the palestinians to go back so our right is there it is in all lo- laws and uh human international rights. Law. yeah international laws and and conventions and uh human rights so it's there so you you're asking about uh so th- the Palestinians are just living inside these camps, you know. It's a very bad, in very bad conditions, very bad humanitarian conditions. You know, actually some people came there and they were like, no human being can live here, okay. So uh, the Palestinians just lived there because they believe that the camps must stay be- because... Just getting rid of the camps—that's what Israel wants. Actually, they want to get rid of the camps. They want to get rid of the refugee refugees. So they stay there. They stick to the to the camps because they believe that even if we we have been there like uh, for sixty-eight years, but we still believe that they are temporary houses waiting to go back home. And uh, another thing about the right of return—you know—the PA just they uh, gave up the right of return. We know that. They were like... We the Palestinian the Authority. The Palestinian Authority. They don't want the... Pal- they, they're okay with the Palestinians not going back home. But in law, in an international law, it states that Palestinian uh, or the right of return, it is an individual right. Individual right means that only the individual can... Uh, decide whether he wants to go back or not nobody can decide for him so even if it's the government his own government decides that they don't want these these people to go back that does not mean that he cannot go back so in this sense even if the PA the Palestinian Authority is not talking about the the right of return or does not want the Palestinians refugees to go back that does not mean the Palestinians don't want to go back so the Palestinians want to go back Uh, even if the authority does not want, even if Israel does not want, they still have their right to go back.
1: And is there talk about um, this idea of going back? Would that mean that what if Israel takes all the land and it becomes Israel, but they absorb Palestinian citizens? Are the Palestinian refugees, I know you can't speak for all of them, but the intention is to go back to the land of their forefathers, but what if they lived as Israeli citizens? Would they accept that? Okay. Uh,
0: first of all, I can talk for all the Palestinian refugees in Lebanon because I know how they think. I know how what they believe in. The second thing is that, uh, well, I like to be more realistic because uh, I don't like to think about things that won't never, ever happen, like... Uh, Israel just absorbing the Palestinians into what they call Israel. Um, because, you know, the idea of Israel it existed on um, having a majority, and a Jewish majority, actually, okay? So getting in Palestinians or allowing the Palestinians back in means that they're not going to have a Jewish majority anymore. Which means that it's it's not going to make sense to have a Jewish national state, Israel, with a Jewish majority. With so, the Palestinian majority. With, yeah, with, yeah, with a Jewish minority. Sorry. So yeah, the Palestinians are going to be the majority. So it's not going to happen. So, uh, and the Palestinians, it's not like they only want to go back. It's not like that. We believe that all of Palestine is ours. That's our right. They came, they are the occupiers. Some people go like, no, you just go back. It's fine, you can go back and live inside it just as, it can be Israel. No, it can't be Israel. It's Palestine, it's been there. It's been there before Israel. Why do we have to just like give it up? Why? We want to go back to Palestine, all of Palestine. And we, the Palestinians want to go back to, Haifa, to, Yafa, to Akat, all the occupied cities They don't want to go back Just to some place uh, Around uh, in Palestine To random places in Palestine Yeah
1: what, Say that that did happen That they were allowed to return mm-hmm. How do you um, see The current population Living in Israel Being at this point A huge population of Jews What is the I think people are curious to know What is the perspective on that on live, co on coexisting with Jews You cannot
0: coexist with someone who just killed, massacred, occupied, stole, like sabotaged, just made your you can you cannot exist with someone. That that's nonsense. I mean, that's not You know, you can't come and just uh if someone came and and just took over your house and he kicked you out and you may, he made me forced you to live inside a tent for like 68 years and then he came, then people came like come like and to you and say okay you, you guys have to like come along you have to coexist with each other and he allows you uh, he, he goes like okay you can come back into the house but I'm going to live there next to you and maybe he's gonna li- make force you live inside the bathroom but like you have to coexist with him that's not gonna happen that that's not n- nonsense nobody nobody on this earth I really dare anybody to say that he's going to accept to coexist with someone who actually caused him all this hardships
1: Okay, so I, I want to ask the question just because people always ask, you know, like, so what's the solution then? What, what, what is your idea of a solution? Well,
0: the solution is as simple as this conflict, the Palestinian-Israeli or the Arab-Israeli conflict. It, it, the solution is as simple as it. We just return.
1: Yes, but there's we, people we, who we live just, there who have been living the, there now. I, I am also up. I understand. Like I, 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 so you
0: mean like I've been living in the refugee camp. We've yes. been living in like Emma Akram, She's with me. She she's been she left Palestine or forced to leave Palestine when she was 18 years old, and she's been living in the refugee camps. For 68 years. So that makes her... She wants to stay in the refugee camp. No, no, no. I'm not saying that. No, I know it's not you. I'm just talking to people who have this mentality, who think this way.
1: No, I know. I know. I just... There's people who genuinely are like, okay, so... I understand like in theory, like if that the idea that Israel doesn't have a right to exist as a Jewish state and uh, that privileges uh, one ethnic group over another, especially that the other group is an indigenous people who were there before them. <coughs> but then at the same time now, you just sit there and you say, OK, there's been people living there for almost 70 years now. They don't really actually have homes outside of Israel anymore. Like they have planted their roots there. They don't have more of a right to stay there than the Palestinians. But what do you realistically do with these millions of people? Like there, n- there's nowhere for them to actually go at this point.
0: So I'm going to tell you two points. First no. point is that uh, th- the Israelis—it's um, not well. You know what? When the Palestinians were first exiled, did anybody ask this question? No. Did anybody just, like, cared where the Palestinians would go? Nobody cared. Nobody. So why should I? I was born and raised in a refugee camp, so why should I just care? And then someone is coming to come and that makes you just as bad as them. No, I'm not as bad as them. I've been living in a refugee camp for the past 22 years of my life. I'm 22 years old. I'm not as bad as them. No, we're not as bad as them. They've been, they've forced us to leave, to live there, and they oc- occupied our land. There, are, My house still exists there. Like, I still have the deed, and I still have a house, and they just living inside that big house and a very beautiful place, and I'm living inside this refugee camp. So, this is the first point. The second point is that. That the Israelis don't, the settlers don't have another place to go to, that's not quite true because they can go. They, all the, the, the Jews that left, uh, immigrated from Europe due to the persecution that they they faced during, you know, uh, uh, after the World War One and these, uh, you know, uh, during ni- 1900s and 1800s, all of them, they were they left because of persecution and the Palestinians when when they when they you know, when the Jews started to immigrate to Palestine, the Palestinians welcomed them because they were persecuted. They were oppressed. And, you know, uh, Akram tells us a story about like how they were living. Uh, their village was next to a settlement and they were living. They They were friends. They were used to come to each other's weddings and they, you know. People in Palestine do not differentiate between each other on religion religious basis. They just live as a human beings. They never differentiate. We know that the Zionists are the ones who did all of that to us. But now, <clears throat> in this time, all the Israelis can go back or the, the Jews can go back to the places that they were actually from or originally from. You know, like lately Spain issued an apology for the Jews. And they, they can go back to, to Spain. And, and, and the same thing in all of Europe, okay? And I want to tell you something. Someone actually was in Poland late, uh, some while ago, and he told me that after the Jews immigrated, they left. They were forced actually to leave Poland. Uh, they, uh, they left their houses. The same thing that happened to us. They left their houses and their lands. So what is happening now and people just came you know polish people came and lived inside these houses and that now they own these houses in, in a way or another so now israeli settlers they're young you know like 20 in their 20s 30s they go to poland and they 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 want they demand or they go they look for their ancestors houses and they ask them to uh return to It's either you leave the house or you pay rent for us because this house is ours because they still have the deeds. So they still know their origins and they still know everybody knows his origin and everybody knows that he can go somewhere else. So it's not quite true that they don't have any other place, even if they uh, they claim that it's not true
1: now that there are with the current situation of serious <clears throat> current situation and what happens in Iraq i know a lot of refugees came to lebanon adding to the strain of uh, accommodating these refugees has life at all changed for palestinian refugees now that there are other refugees in the in the country
0: well yeah because you know now camps are more crowded more way more crowded and uh, you know palestinians actually it, work in lebanon illegally so now uh they they work illegally for less salary or less payment than the than the lebanese so now the syrians came and the syrian refugees work with lesser salary than the palestinians mm. so that made a problem you know they had a in a very little space to work, and now even that space does not exist anymore. Because you know we don't feel you don't we don't hold any grudge toward the pa- the Syrians. We know that they are living bad conditions, but you know it's it's something that has to do with living and survival.
1: So, yeah. And <coughs> you talked a little bit about the obviously the goal of Palestinians continues to be very strongly to return back to Palestine. Is there any Palestinians who just wants to become citizens of Lebanon if they were allowed to be? Mm, Well, I've known
0: many Palestinians throughout my life. And um, I've never met a Palestinian who wants to become a citizen in Lebanon.
1: Or the ones who've been living there their whole life. Nobody... Uh, We've been living there our whole life. I'm saying... Nobody nobody. wants to be... No, no. no. Um, Okay, well, is there anything else that you'd like to say now that you have the opportunity and the microphone to the Americans to the Palestinians to whoever in this country
0: so the only thing that I want to say is that uh, thank you first thing for having uh, me here today and um, what I want the Americans I want the Palestinians and the Americans that are living here to educate themselves more to know more to read more and to follow up more because you know someone new to know about this cause is c- counts, actually. So that's what I want people to educate themselves. That's it.
1: That's what I want. What, what would you, because we know that America is the biggest funder of Israel, and they allow Israel to get away with continuing the occupation of the Palestinians to prevent Palestinians from coming back to their homeland. Um, Americans have a um a responsibility that our tax dollars are going to this power that prevents these issues from being solved. What is there anything that you would like them to do? Is there something that yeah that would progress you, the cause for refugees?
0: Well, actually I I don't live here so I don't know how things go here but I know that some that's what I actually learned here that they can influence their policymakers here in a way or another. Because of the elections and these things, and um, well, that's that's one of the things. I don't know actually what they can do, but one of the suggestions that I can give is that they have to unite. To unite, you know, I've been to many, uh, to many states, and I've noticed that I've met many Palestinians and many. I'm kind of talk. I'm gonna talk about the Palestinians. I've I've met many Palestinian organizations, and I found that. They don't have any kind of coordination between each other. They don't work with each other. They don't do anything with each other. Even sometimes, like uh, they they may exist in in the, in the same city or maybe like two different cities, but it's just close, and they never do anything to each other. So, for, to, with each other. So, the first thing I want to say is that they have to unite. Or the only thing that I have to tell them is that they have to unite, because when they unite, they can do actually something, and. Um, but for the other points, I'm not quite acquainted with what is how things go here. But I'm sure that if they unite, they can come up with the new ideas. Thank you so
1: much for coming. Thank you for having me. That's the voice of Amina Ashkar. She's a Palestinian <coughs> refugee living in the refugee camp Burj Al-Barajne, located in Lebanon. She's been traveling on a speaking tour uh, called the North American Nakba Tour for the last couple of months. Thank you again. Thank you again for having us. And that's all, folks. Thank you so much for listening to Arabiyat. Our theme song is by Muqata'a. The track is called Ahyat. You can follow him on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash B-O-I-K-U-T-T. You can also get in touch with us at arabiyat.podcast at gmail.com. That's A-R-A-B-I-Y-A-A-T dot podcast at gmail.com. Also, follow us on social media we're on Facebook and our Twitter handle is at Yat. We'd love your feedback or suggestions for future shows. Until next time, this is Linda Khouri signing off for Yat.